We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine. I'm back. I'm feeling good. Here with my man, Daniel Kelly. Uh, Daniel, this Jordan dude, he, he filled in for me last week. How'd that go? It went, it went different. It was a good show, but he has a different approach than you, you have, and it's a, it was a fun ride. Do I got to tell the boss about him or anything like that, or he, he's, he's good, right? I just might, might need a little heads up next time you're not going to be around, so I know what I'm in for. <laughs> All right, yeah. So uh, to the three or four of you who are watching this live, we're recording this. You know, this gets put out on podcasts and YouTube videos. This is during the middle of the World Series. So if you guys are watching this live, I give you a, a round of applause because, uh, hey, you're tuning into the right stuff, right? <laughs> NFL Week 8 uh, or Week 9. Uh, content right that supersedes the world series game seven and all that type of stuff so uh what we always like to do here is look back now daniel i wasn't around last week what did we learn what can we take from last week and help that maybe make some decisions this week and this week too by the way very very tough salary wise on DraftKings. that's going to be the theme of the show for mine absolutely is uh one of my one of my cool takeaways i saw last week is that we're finally seeing devin singletary happen now to be fair the bills were down the entire second half and he's more of the pass catching back so maybe it was game script but we saw him play 40 snaps on sunday compared to only 17 for frank gore and if that's kind of workload we can see out of singletary who's been more electric more exciting than gore so far he could have some real fantasy upside going forward yeah, uh, I like Singletary, too. I made a, a horrible dynasty trade to Davis Maddock. I always hate giving him the better end of a deal uh, earlier in the uh, the year with uh, Mr. Singletary. But, yeah, he's been electric whenever he's touched the ball. He's breaking off big plays. If that's going to continue moving forward, uh, you know, hopefully we can get ahead of that price jump uh, and, and use him at some point before uh, he gets a little bit too expensive for us. The other guy we want to talk about is, uh, you know, he's allergic to the end zone, is Leonard Fournette. Does it even matter? If you're allergic to the end zone when you're you're so heavily involved in the run game, heavily involved in the pass game, racking up yards like none others. I remember this Melvin Gordon season right here in 2015. Uh, you've got a nice stat on that here. But even though he's not getting into the touchdown or getting the touchdowns, it doesn't really matter for us. But eventually that huge game is going to break through. 
Yeah, it's I, I, I wrote in the thing. It's almost comical at this point. He, among active players, already has the third most touches in a season with zero or one touchdowns. He could, if he doesn't score this week, blow past that number for active players. And he's like three weeks away from the all-time record. Now, I don't think he's going to set it. I don't think there's a chance he's going to set it because you don't get this level of touches. You don't have this level of production without finding the end zone. It's a fluke, just like Julio Jones was a fluke last year going scoreless through eight weeks. He's going to start finding the end zone a lot more as long as he's healthy, and you're going to reap the benefit for it. Yeah, and he's just crushing for us in fantasy week in, week out. He's finally getting priced up and getting some respect. The algorithms have, have caught on to that. Imagine if he had scored some touchdowns. He'd be in the Christian McCaffrey level in terms of price. So still get a little, still get a little bit of discount where you can use them sometimes. But anyway, that's Daniel's article. He's the lead editor over there at PFF from, from the fantasy portion, and uh, he provides a lot of insight, uh, a takeaway from every game that we can look forward and, and one of the more fun articles if you got a PFF subscription. Better go check out every week. Always like to give you a little plug there, Daniel. Uh, let's get into some content for this week, though. Let's talk some showdown. My bet, one of my bets, we always like those. That's coming up next, comes from this game. I'm, go- I'm not going to ruin my bet. I'm going to let you talk about this game. So what are your <laughs> expectations here? San Francisco uh, on the road, uh, short week here uh, for both teams. Uh, Arizona, uh, I don't know if they can really keep up here with the Fortnite. Yeah, it's, I, I, t- I tossed it out on Twitter the other day. I think it's a fascinating stat. San Francisco has allowed 11.5 fantasy points to quarterbacks in the four weeks since they're by. And that's not per game. That's total. They, they're down in the three points per game range. It is insane. Meanwhile, Kyler Murray has gone without a touchdown pass in four of his last five games. It's, we, we don't know what's going on in the running game there. Chase Edmonds is going to play. David Johnson might not play. Kenyon Drake's been there for a day and a half and is also Kenyon Drake. The wide receiver game is confusing. I don't, I mean, if you're playing a showdown, you're going to have to have a taste of this, this Cardinals offense, but I want as little taste of it as I can possibly have. It, I'm terrified of it. That Larry Fitzgerald, those first two weeks when you're a 36 year old man rumbling down the field, smooth as silk, right? precipitous drop off for Larry Fitzgerald since then he hasn't been doing anything I like Kirk a little bit if you were going to play someone from Arizona um, but I want to roll this into the bets of the week here we always like to talk it and I'll, I'll pull up green line uh, I've got a different game pulled up here first but green line disagrees with me on this I'm telling pro football focus green line's wrong uh nine and a half for the 49ers <laughs> this is free money to me right I'm going to roll down some of the teams the bucket or the, the 49ers have won so far right so we've got the Buccaneers the Bengals, the Browns, the Rams, and the Panthers, right? Absolutely demolished all of those teams. There's some decent teams mixed in there. Um, They had that – they won by nine against the Redskins. That was that sloppy rain game. You really can't make too much out of that. Count that all together. Yeah, other than that, they've absolutely – they beat every other team by nine and a half, no problem. And that was a nine-point win. I don't understand how this is uh, just a a nine-point spread. I I, I get it from Vegas. They never want to make these too big. The Cardinals aren't good. There's a lot of uncertainty here. The 49ers are a death machine. I don't care that three of their four running backs have a little bit of problems because when Tevin Coleman's the healthy dude, it doesn't matter. He's going to have a monster game. Absolutely love him on the showdown slate. Uh, So this is probably my favorite bet of the week. 49ers minus nine and a half. It seems big. But you got the, the rookie quarterback right on the short week, the rookie coach on the short week. This is this is just handing money away from Vegas. It, it does seem too good to be true, but I, I can't poke a hole in your argument. It seems like it's just right there for you. Yeah, I love this one. Uh, I'll get to my a couple. Uh, actually, I got one other that I already made too, but uh, why don't you throw a couple at me this week? Well, I, I love Buffalo minus nine and a half over Washington. Um, it looks like Dwayne Haskins is going to be the quarterback for Washington this week, in which case he hasn't looked like an NFL quarterback at all. If Case Keenum is there, 
he hasn't looked good either. Meanwhile, Buffalo has a strong defense, going to shut down Washington's offense. I just talked about Devin, Devin Singletary being electric out there. I, there's no downsides to Buffalo just rolling Washington this game. Yeah, I, I like Buffalo. The nine, see, I would much rather take the 9.5 on the Niners than a 9.5 on the Bills. I took that Miami money against the Bills because I don't think the Bills deserve to be enormous favorites against anybody. But I think against the Redskins, they're at home. I think that's about right. I, I can get aboard that one. Uh, let's hit this Jets game. We've got two different takes on it. I'll pull up the green line for that as well. Uh, I like the Jets minus 3.5. It looks like the consensus has moved to, to just three. I'll take that too because like I, I literally don't understand – I know the Jets are bad, but the Dolphins will – you saw, right? They literally will just stop covering people to lose NFL <laughs> football games. Like, this is what they're doing right now. I don't – like, the Jets, this should be five or six in my opinion. The Dolphins, they uh, IR'd uh, – or what do they call it now? Whatever they call it. Xavier Howard, they're attempting to lose. They traded away Kenyon Drake any way possible. They're doing funky play calls. Uh, and I just think this, if this game's close, I guarantee you the Dolphins are going to find a way to lose it. Some, some miraculously – uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to throw a bad pick, you know, on accident, or the defense is going to forget to cover Robbie Anderson deep on a play. Something like that's going to happen in this game if it's close. So, again, I think Vegas is just giving us free money. A team, the Jets want to win, right? They're going to band together all those, hey, we're going to trade everybody. I think they probably band together and put together a pretty solid weapon on the Dolphins this week. I can see that. I think either way, the under is the way to go in this game. Uh, I saw it at uh, – 40, what is it, 41. Um, these two teams are two of the bottom five in place per game. These are very slow offenses. We've seen Le'Veon Bell's not even getting touches anymore. There's no offensive weapons on either side of the ball. I, how, where are the points going to come from in this game? Maybe Robbie Anderson gets one. It's, there's there's no there's going to be no scoring in this game. I think a 13-7 outcome is what we're going to see. Ryan Fitzpatrick pick sixes. That's where the scoring's coming from in this game. Uh, and then Maybe. you got one more, the game the game of the week, I think, in terms of scoring, right? Detroit-Oakland, you don't care what the total is. Just keep going over it. I, 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 I'm in agreement here. It feels so so boring to you know you pick the high number and say over. It feels like the the sappy way to play. But I just who's going to stop anybody in this game? These are two quarterbacks who are playing surprisingly well. We're going to talk about them more later. They're both on my list for this mm-hmm. week. I just I, I I don't see any any stopping. I can see this being a sixty point over. Yeah, if you want another, uh, the Raiders are two and a half point favorites. What? Uh, go bet the Lions. That's uh, Vegas is just giving the Lions are an excellent excellent team. They're they're good on defense and that offense is not to be. Uh, stopped in my opinion in this game so if you want another bet for me go hit the lions i'll go i went three and oh last week i don't have the proof i wasn't on the show i assure you though i went three and all on my teams <laughs> i'm looking to go do that again uh let's jump into some positional stuff for the uh the people on the sunday slate here we'll start at quarterback and uh, let, let's just first talk about the pricing on DraftKings this week i always like to talk DraftKings pricing it's tough. They, you know, they didn't just ratchet up the pricing. I mean, like, oh, let's make it a little harder. They gave everyone like a 10% plus premium, specifically if you're in like a really good spot. The pricing is just really tough this week. So we're penny pinching. I don't know. Can we afford Russell Wilson? Can we afford the expensive quarterbacks? Because we're, we just don't have the money, I think, in a lot of spots to pay for them. It's going to be a really interesting week. Uh, a lot of skillful construction needed for tournaments. So let's try to hash this out, Daniel. What do you got for me at quarterback? Well, if we're going to spend up, which I, it might not work out this week, but Russell Wilson's going to be a good one to spend up on. Um, you want to say the loss of Justin Britt to injury might hurt him, but I think it's only going to cause him to scramble more, and that's going to create more opportunity for him to accumulate yards that way. Meanwhile, we know Tampa Bay has a strong run defense and an awful pass defense, so I expect him to have to throw the ball a lot more. Uh, they have the third biggest gap between their PFF 
uh, run defense grade and coverage grade. They, they've they allowed three was 3.0 yards per carry on the year. Just Russell Wilson's going to have to throw the ball in this game. That's going to lead to a lot of points. The question is, is Pete Carroll the dumbest coach in football, or is he smart enough to realize he has the best quarterback thrown to really good targets, or is he just going to jam Chris Carson into a defense that has let up nothing to anybody not named Christian McCaffrey? I, I bar- they barely let out Christian McCaffrey. He didn't yeah. do the yards. He just got the end zone. I, I don't. I, I think he's going to want to do Carson, and I think he's going to realize real quick that's not going to work. I, uh, I hope that that's what I'm counting on. Uh, so I used Stafford in cash last week. I think I'm. You know, you can make a really strong case. We just talked about this Lions game, uh, and this looks like another amazing spot, right? I, I, Oakland's allowing the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. Uh, if you look at some of the DVOAs, Detroit's fourth and past DVOA. That's good. Oakland's defense, 30th and past DVOA. That's bad. Oakland's also 31st in pass rush grade. That all, that all What that means, right? Plenty of time to launch the ball left and right to Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay down the field. You got Amendola work in the middle. Hawkinson, you got 8,000 different running backs playing. Let's not talk about Ty Johnson at all, by the way. That was uh, that was some some, <laughs> some bad play by me last week, but it ended up working out uh, in the long run. It just looks like this is – Stafford is healthy, right? Last year, not healthy. He is in full control of this offense. They are calling plays suited to what his receivers do, the size of Kenny Galladay, the abilities of Marvin Jones to catch these deep balls. You can't just – double them, right, because Amendola is being halfway decent and Hawkinson's out there. They can still dump it off to the the running backs as well. So Stafford looks like a little bit of salary savings if you can't get to Russell Wilson. Um, I always hate the non-running quarterbacks, right, because you need you need 275 and, and two, you know, as like a baseline, but you really need like 303 to feel good out of your non-running quarterback. But I think Stafford should be able to hit that pretty easily this one. Yeah, I, I- – that's what I said about the over in this game. I think Stafford's a great play. I think Derek Carr is a great play too. Uh, Detroit's allowed 60 points to quarterbacks the last two weeks. They've, they've allowed eight, at least 18 points to quarterbacks in every week but week two. I, this game's going to have so many points. I want as much of the taste of this game as I can get. Um, Garrett Cole has walked out to the bullpen, Daniel, so he's going to be coming <laughs> in in an inning or two uh, for all you guys sweating uh, some uh, some game seven out there. Uh, wh- I want to talk the, the lay of the land here too. So a couple other quarterbacks are interesting. We've got Mitchell. If Mitchell Trubisky won the Millionaire Maker three different occasions last year, dude is absolute trash. Might be one of the worst quarterbacks currently <laughs> playing as a starting quarterback. What happened to running Mitchell Trubisky, just winging it and chucking it to Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel, and like he had good targets. I don't understand what's happening. Either Trubisky's horrible, the play calling's bad. Or just everything is total trash in Chicago on the offensive end. But if there was ever a week, right, you got to try it against Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I, it's Trubisky and my other person I had on our list here, Jameis Winston. I have no problem using either one of them this week because of their because of their matchups. And Jameis, even with his ten touchdowns the last two weeks or last two games, still has put up twenty points each week. Trubisky gets this Eagles secondary that has been burnable by everybody. Second most points to wide receivers, I think fifth most to, to quarterbacks. Don't watch these games. Use them, toss them in your lineup, and then absolutely ignore everything that happens until Monday and look back and hope you won. That's the Daniel, only way you can have Daniel, some happy time. The only way to be a good fantasy analyst is to grind the tape. You have, you must watch the games, Daniel. Watch it. Watch it after <laughs> that. Watch it once you know what happened. Don't watch it while you're sweating. No sweating. Uh, all right, so a couple other quarters. I want to ask you if you have a take on Brandon Allen, right? Normally, I wouldn't be doing this, right? But it's it's tough out there. The lay of the land is tough at quarterback. He's 4,100. That that's a thumbs down for me. I don't really see that happening. Are you in agreement, or do you have uh, any sort of take on that? 
I mean, it's one of those where if, if your lineup lets you get him in because you've used McCaffrey and Cook and a bunch of other high price yeah. guys, I'll listen. I'm still – you can't possibly be excited by it. Yeah, I, I don't don't think I'm going to do it yet. I don't think I'm that starved for, for cash. We're going to have to see what happens. If the if Jalen Samuels and James Conner, that, that, that situation becomes a little more dicey, who knows what's going to happen, right, because we're so value-starved. But currently, I don't think I'm going to go that cheap a quarterback. Uh, another game I like is sort of the Packers game, right? We saw Aaron Rodgers go nuclear. Philip Rivers has the, you know, he has really good targets. He has the the ability to post some big games. They just need to get Melvin Gordon. Why don't you get traded, dude? Let this Chargers offense get back to running good. Um, I had the Chargers, right? Chargers plus five last week. That was just like free money. The Bears were so bad. Trubisky's so bad. That was one of my uh, bets from last week. But I think if you're looking for a little bit of lower ownership out in the land, I think the Russell Wilsons, the Matthew Staffords, you mentioned Derek Carr. Right, those are going to be the popular quarterbacks this week. So if you were looking uh, to kind of get a little bit of a swerve, take a look at that Packers game. And as long as the uh, the wide receiver two there in Green Bay, Devontae Adams, stays out of the way of the wide receiver one and Aaron Jones, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to be lighting it up left and right. Yeah, Rodgers is great. Rivers is great for cash. I don't think he has much tournament upside, but that game should be interesting either way. Uh, you got a dud here too. Uh, Carson Wentz, right? Like – um, interesting on him, you know, had a lot of hype coming into the season. Hasn't really performed too great recently. Why, why are we hating on once this week? He, he was my preseason MVP pick. So I feel like I'm a little burned on that one, but he has gone under 200 passing yards, four of his last five games. He's got, he's attempted under 30 passes four of his last five games. There's just, he's had no upside lately. He averaged 21 fantasy points weeks, one through four, he's down to 15 the last four weeks. He's got a bad slate coming up this week's, I just don't see any reason why you'd want to put yourself through that. Yeah, probably once not on my radar too, so I can get definitely behind that call. Uh, let's move on to running backs, and this is where you know the pricing gets really expensive. Dalvin Cook, ninety five hundred. Christian McCaffrey, ten thousand. The thing is, they should be that that expensive. The problem is, everybody else also got price bumped a little bit too high, even guys that aren't deserving. So it's really tough to afford. You know, we used to call this, has been going on for years, team jam them in, Daniel. This is where you just take three bell cow running backs, you get them in your lineup, you don't even care what the rest of your team looks like. You just click buttons, and as long as you have those running backs in, that's, that, that's like the safe cash game. I, I don't think you can do that this week. It's a tough stretch to even use one of them. If you had to pick, what do you got? You got CMC, guaranteed, total workhorse, never coming off the field, or you're playing Dalvin Cook in, in the nuttiest of matchups. Uh, part of it comes down to whether Mahomes is playing in the Dalvin Cook game. But I think my answer is Dalvin Cook either way. We saw Mahomes' last two healthy games. Houston and Indianapolis just ran the ball as much as they could to keep the ball out of his hands. I expect the Vikings to try to do that same thing. With, and Cook you know, has the electricity. He leads the league and carries a 10-plus yards. I, I expect them to use him like McCaffrey this week. Tiny bit of savings on McCaffrey. I, I think Cook's the better play. Every dollar counts this week. And McCaffrey, he's 10K, right? Tennessee matchup, there's, there's not, it's not good, it's not bad, but it's Christian McCaffrey. If you have the extra money, I still think you use Christian McCaffrey. If you take out the Tampa Bay games, he's, he's, it's almost like 40 fantasy points on DraftKings he's scoring uh, against all the other teams that he's faced, not named Tampa Bay. So uh, if you'd like 40 fantasy points in your lineup, I would suggest trying to get Christian McCaffrey on your teams. But, <laughs> hey, Dalvin Cook's not a bad consolation prize either. Uh, a couple other – I want to talk the lay of the land with uh, – who is it? Jalen Samuels uh, with James Conner on the injury report. We're so starved for value. If Connor's out, Samuels, uh, if you ask me right now, he's probably going to be the highest owned player in tournaments that we've seen on DraftKings this season. This is how value starved we are. He's 4K on DraftKings. 
that's like, I, I, if I was playing tournaments, I might use him literally in 100% of my lineups to try to get an edge in the field in that. Do you any, have any reason why you wouldn't want to play Jalen Samuels uh, in a lot of teams at that it's, price if Connor's out? If it comes out, especially if Connor and Snell are both out, it's just, there's, what else are they going to do? They, last time Samuels was healthy, they were letting him play Wildcat over uh, Rudolph in those games. I just, there's, with the savings and the, the way the lineup is everywhere else, I, I have no argument against what you just said. Yeah, currently we haven't projected at 42% in like the first algorithmic run. That thing's going to go through the roof if the James Conner news gets a little iffier in the week. So I'm sure you'll hear about that as the news cycle progresses. Um, but just understand, uh, Jalen Samuels, uh, the premier player running back if Connor's out. Uh, let's say that doesn't play out, right? We need a couple of value plays. Throw something in. Well, Adrian Peterson feels absolutely dirty to suggest, and it's definitely a cash play over a tournament, but he has the sixth most carries across the last three weeks, the fifth best PFF grade. He has the most yards per carry among the uh, any, any running backs of more than 40 carries. Not much upside. He's not going to have much receiving game, but he's got – He's got, what, nine points every week the last three weeks. The rest of that offense is so bad that even in bad game script, he's getting the work. It's it's boring. I hate it, but it's a good play. Teams that run the ball a lot win. You know that, Daniel? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go watch baseball. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Adrian Peterson, interesting, 4,200 at Buffalo. Always tough, but, hey, a little swerve off the chalk at lower ownership. Is Adrian Peterson outscore Jalen Samuels? More than one out of 40 times, if you play the slate over and over again, I, I say yes, probably. So yeah. I think that'll be an interesting tournament swerve. I like your call on that one. Another one you got is Mr. PPR all of a sudden, Miles Sanders, uh, busting some big plays lately. You're down on once, but we can use Sanders. Yeah, I, I, Sanders, I, particularly if Deshaun Jackson's not back yet, we don't know yet about him, but he's become a receiving back. He went from, across the first four weeks of the season, 21 receiving yards per game, barely barely involved in the game. He's up to 50 receiving yards per game the last four weeks. His yards per run has gone from 1.68 to 3.52. He's not getting enough carries to be an absolute lock-in bell cow type of play in fantasy, but this is a PPR game. He's catching these passes. He's got decent upside. Uh, a couple of my favorites, if you can't, let's say you're playing tournaments, right? And you got to get your quarterback stacked to your wide receiver and you got to run it back with somebody. I can guarantee you if you're doing that in, an ex- in a good game script, you are not going to be able to afford Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey. So I got a couple of salary savers for you. The first one uh, is going to be Chubb, uh, the Cleveland running back. Uh, I like him quite a bit. This, this, Did you see uh, the Baker Mayfield interviews today? Dude, dude's just like a... a like he, I don't know if he's Johnny Manziel in disguise or something, but he, he's got attitude. But it, it, attitude doesn't work when you're losing like Cleveland is right now. Chubb's the only part of that offense that's functional. You can run a little bit. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think he's going to be a pretty fine play at his price tag. Twenty plus carries, catch a couple of passes. Uh, once Kareem Hunt comes back, maybe he takes a little bit of a hit. But guess what? That ain't this week, so I'm not too worried about it. And then the play of the week, I, I think his ownership's going to really creep up is, is Josh Jacobs to me. In our first run, we're something at like 7%, and that is definitely too low. Uh, he's just, I think, 6,500 on DraftKings, and you like the over in this game? Well, here's another reason why. Detroit's along the most fantasy points to opposing running backs this season. Check one for Josh Jacobs. Big mismatch in adjusted line yards on the offensive and defensive lines in favor of the Raiders. Check two. Raiders' fourth best rush grade. 12th best run blocking grade and the lions have the 25th run defense grade on pff along with a 31st tackling grade check boxes everywhere going in favor of josh jacobs uh, i do wish he would play a little bit more snaps he doesn't play like every snap he's not christian mccaffrey playing 100 
I mean, he's only playing like 55% of the snaps on the season, but when he's in there, they make it a, a you know, a, they try to get him the ball. So 20, 20-ish touches for him at 6,500 on a week where we're starving for value. He fits into a lot of lineups you're going to want to make that have popular quarterback wide receiver stacks. I think he's playable in two in cash games. Uh, so Josh Jacobs is, is shaping up to be one of my favorite running backs of the week. My, my only issue with Jacobs, it's a small one, but Rodney Hudson's injury makes me a little worried. I worry he's not going to get as many yards before contact, and that's just going to keep his ceiling a little low. I like everything you said, so it's, it's just a little nitpicky thing there. Most fantasy points allowed to running backs, and we play for fantasy points. A little like, nitpicky. <laughs> I, I, got that, I got that going, Daniel. Uh, so that was my spiel. Uh, what do you want? You know, a couple guys you're interested in. This one's interesting because Chris Carson is carrying some ownership to start the week. He carried some ownership. Last week as well, um, another tough matchup for him here. Tampa Bay shutting everybody down. Uh, I've been on Carson quite a bit this year, but I, I do think I am jumping off the bandwagon. Yeah, this this week's just going to be tough for him. We talked about the the Tampa Bay run defense, and you know the way to attack him as a running back then is to catch the ball, and Carson's not catching the ball at all lately. The first four weeks of the season, he averaged three and a half receptions, 25 receiving yards a game. Those numbers, he had two receptions and 12 receiving yards the last four weeks. So he's only contributing as a runner, and it's going to be hard for him to run in this game between Tampa Bay's defense, Justin Britt being out. I just I, I don't want to spend up for Carson this week. And then Levy and Bell is interesting. Why – it's just against Miami, and I think if, if this is the get-right-iest get spot you can have, I think, a, a team, a bad team going to play Miami. This is where you rally your troops. You put some good film to make more money next year if you're a player. You get up for this game because you also don't want to be the laughing stock. The Jets were the team that lost to the Dolphins, right? Why, why are you – you're a little bit down on Bell. I like Bell a little bit this week. I know the, the, the receptions uh, and – horrible performance last week but i can definitely jump on board with him here against my i I could totally be off on this but like i said earlier there's going to be no scoring this game these are two of the bottom five teams in plays per game so he's going to have fewer opportunities to score he's got he's averaged only 13.3 touches per game the last three weeks that is 30 something in the league among running backs he's having a career low 3.2 yards per carry yes miami could be the salve that cures all ills and he could be just fine but What's just fine in this offense? Yeah, he's not going to be the Le'Veon Bell we saw before. And he's, what is he, the third highest priced running back on the slate? That's just, it's too expensive for a guy who doesn't have the upside he used to have. Uh, let's talk about another running back. And let's go to uh, Scott's fantasy uh, expected, expected fantasy points article. One of the better reads every week here on Pro Football Focus. And, uh, you know, it's it's a dark week in salary land, Daniel. <laughs> My cats are fighting. Oh, something's going on. Oh, man. Didn't I didn't see mean, that coming. They did not like Mark Walton. <laughs> they do not like Mark Walton. Uh, so we, we, we need some value this week. Are we, are we digging too deep with Mark Walton, or is Mark Walton a viable play? My brother-in-law's back there fixing the cats now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, Mark Walton is is a viable play in the sense of if you have expensive everywhere else you want to save, sure. He was 12th among running backs in expected fantasy points last week with 11 carries, 6 targets. That's a good workload for a guy who we haven't seen much of at all before. He he, he led all running backs to snap share last week. It's, it's a Dolphins running back. It's a bad offense. You're not counting on much there, but he's a guy who has, you know, nobody's going to be on. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, you're a running back getting touches and you're cheap in DFS, um, probably not the sexiest play, but there's ways he could possibly get there with a with a large snap share. So keep your eye on Walton, probably not someone you were thinking about, but uh, he's pretty interesting. The other guy 
uh, we wanted to talk about is Curtis Samuel, who is definitely going to be one of the more popular receivers. Now, he did pop up on the injury report today with like a shoulder injury. And I think there's a little bit of question if he ends up playing on Sunday uh, as we sit here right now. But if he does suit up, right, he's, he's 4,200 on DraftKings. DJ Moore is only like 4,900. These are like the only cheap players on DraftKings. And uh, I, I think they're going to be really popular if they end up suiting up. Yeah, Scott's noticed, you know, expected fantasy points, it really has nothing to do with what you actually put up. It's just what your usage says you should put up. And he has put up an absolute consistent usage since week one. He's had at least 12.3 expected fantasy points in every game and never more than 18.3. So you expect him to have a good but not great fantasy out, uh, outlook every week. And if he can get even a little bit of touchdown luck, that's going to go through the roof. He's not performing like that, though. So he's going to be a little overlooked in that regard, I think. So, yes, it's going to come down to his injury and if he's healthy. But if he's healthy, I expect good numbers to come from him. Yeah, so keep your eye on that injury report on Curtis Samuel. If he's in, play him. If he's not, DJ Moore is just 4800 on DraftKings. I don't know why everyone else got priced up, but the Carolina receivers and Greg Olson, they're like, nah, you guys can stay real cheap. But that's what DraftKings decided. To, all, all the Carolina uh, receivers get to stay cheap, and Christian McCaffrey goes through the roof. Um, but, yeah, very interesting situation uh, to keep your eye on. Uh, receiver, let's let's talk a couple more. We got some studs. It's an interesting week. But there's no Julio. There's no Michael Thomas. There's no DeAndre Hopkins, right? We're, we're really starving for elite value towards the top. So what, Kenny Galladay, right? I love him. I open up DraftKings. And he's gone from 6,400 to all the way up to 7,700 and the second highest price receiver on the slate this week. Can we can we afford to pay 7,700 for Kenny Galladay? Because it sure seems like the results are going to end up being pretty good. Yeah, I mean the option is then you pivot out to, to Marvin Jones and save a little bit. But I love Kenny Galladay this week. He's still he's got nine end zone targets. He's got twenty red zone targets on the year. They're putting him in all the scoring situations. I'm happy to just pretend week seven never happened and go right back to the well with what he did week eight. I, I there's massive ceiling. A Galladay and either Tyrell Williams or Darren Waller with one of the quarterbacks in this game correlation stack. I think it's fantastic. I think it's going to be the way to make the money. Yeah, you got another wide receiver, another alpha, Allen Robinson at Philadelphia, 6,800 on DraftKings, right? You know, a little bit of a salary saver, at least seven targets, I think, in every single game this season, and just clearly a man among boys. Imagine if he didn't have Blake Bortles and Blake Bortles 2.0 for his entire NFL career so far. Seriously, he's one of those guys you want to have in the simulation games where you actually put him with a good quarterback. But regardless, yeah, seven targets every game. He's had at least uh, 60 yards every game but one. He's been a massive producer. We've seen how burnable this Eagles secondary is, second most fantasy points allowed to receivers on the season. There's there's no nothing scaring me off of Robinson this week. He's going to be a lock in most of my lineups. Yeah, a couple of guys I'm interested in, right? I'm trying to, to look a little cheaper in salary to give some viable options on a, on a tough week. And the first guy I came up with is going to be DK Metcalf, right? He fits into what we want. The TD regression came a little bit last week. He's just 5,700. He played 94% of the snaps, right? That was a season high. 11 end zone targets, right? Those are the high value targets for a wide receiver. That's got to be the most in the league, if not tied for second or something like that. Tampa Bay's allowing the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers while being the top DVOA defense versus the run. This is why you sort of didn't like Chris Carson. And you just got to have hope that, that Pete Carroll – has some sense in it. I guess this will be the this will be the key, right? If if Chris Carson has twenty one rushes for fifty seven yards, right, that's going to show you Pete Carroll's not the greatest coach in the world. I've got a feeling that's kind of what the Chris Carson line is going to look like, 
and we're going to be a little frustrated. But Metcalf has the sort of slate-breaking upside. He can hit the deep pass. He's a big target in the end zone. He's just 5,700, probably a little too risky for cash because the targets aren't always there, um, but really interesting for me in tournaments, Daniel. Yeah, I, I see no issue there. I, I like Lockett, too, but Metcalf's a little cheaper. I, you, you, part of this passing game should be in your lineup. I uh, got one more for you. Let me throw this one. I'm going to get a little weird. Are you ready? Sammy Watkins. How much do you think Sammy Watkins should be? He should, well, here's, he shouldn't be 4,900. So 4,900 is just too cheap this week. I don't care if Matt Moore's slinging him the ball yet again, let alone if somehow Patrick Mahomes comes back. So I, I like this matchup quite a bit. Minnesota's along the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers. I mentioned this a, a couple weeks ago, that Detroit-Minnesota game. Right? I'm like, that game's going over. It went absolutely ballistic. The Minnesota corners are nothing to be afraid about. So Sammy Watkins got plenty of targets with Matt Moore. That $4,900 price tag is really inviting on a week where we got to save some salary. So he's looking to be one of my my favorite sort of mid-price targets as well. It's, it's a salary thing. I'm fine with him on the salary. I'm not excited about him for any other reason, but – he does have decent upside, and he's cheap. I, I'll give you that. Watkins or DJ Moore? I like DJ Moore, especially if Samuel's out. I think so, too. Moore's $100 less. Watkins is going to be low-owned, so he's, I'm trying, trying to give a little bit of low-ownership angle on that one. Uh, who do you got? You, you, hey, low-ownership. You got some Anthony Miller. You've, you, are you in the Anthony Miller fan club, Daniel? Because I feel like you've talked about him a couple of times this year. He's he's interesting. His usage has gone way up since their buy. He's he's averaged one point nine zero yards per route run. Not great, but a huge jump over the point seven eight he was averaging before their buy. He was averaging sixteen yards a game. Now it's up to sixty five and a half. It's again, it's picking on the Eagles defense. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's a slate breaker or anything. But he's cheap, and I, I think there's a lot more potential there than his uh, reputation has him at. Uh, and then another one, you got Corey Davis, right? Uh, the darling of last week kind of fell flat uh, after his big performance two weeks ago here. Uh, you think we can go back to him? I, he still led the, the Titans in, in offensive snaps last week among receivers. He uh, He's, you know, we said Tannehill unlocked him, and that didn't happen. It still might have. It was one week. He The the Carolina has allowed 50-plus points to receivers in the last two weeks before their bye, and then probably could have against San Francisco last week. San Francisco just said, let's have Tevin Coleman get all the points. But I still think that this defense is a little uh, less impressive than it's been made out to be, and I think this could be a Davis week. Yeah, digging. I uh, got to dig a little deeper here, too. I'm going to round it out with two other wide receivers. Uh, a little cheaper, I got Preston Williams at 4,200, 7, 8, seven, six targets in his past four games. He led the team in wide receiver snaps last week. And uh, this Jets defense isn't that great now. I, I think Miami, of course, is going to lose this game. Uh, I like the Jets to, to cover that spread by a pretty healthy margin. Um, so I, I think w- Williams has the ability to post uh, consistent lines with those targets. I think there's a little bit of big playability, too, against the Jets. And then if you want some ultimate safety play, this is what it's really come to this week, Daniel, because the, <laughs> the pricing is just so tough. I've, I haven't mentioned his name. I think I don't think I've used him in a single lineup. Cole Beasley, this is what it's come to. He's 4,100 on DraftKings. And if you're just looking for a dude to get you some points and not end up giving you a zero at the end of the week, you got Beasley – with 7, 6, 4, 13, 10, 4, and 9 targets on the season. Uh, only less than 9 DraftKings points once this year. If you just need a dude to fill out the last spot on your cash team, I don't think Beasley's ever a tournament play. Uh, I think Beasley deserves some consideration on, on what's a pretty tough 
Salary Week on DraftKings. So that's going to be the end of me dumpster diving. You got a couple people you want to poo-poo and talk down on. Uh, so give me a couple duds at the position. I mean, the first one's Odell Beckham, which I don't even know if that counts as an exciting dud anymore. But number one receivers against Denver this season have averaged 10.6 fantasy points on oh, less than nine since Tyler Williams had the big week one performance. The only one who scored a touchdown was uh, t- uh, Tyreek Hill. The- Chris Harris has been shadowing more, and that's really bitten all these number one receivers in the butt. Not like Beckham's been great otherwise, but especially with this matchup, I just don't trust him to put up any numbers. Uh, all right, let's go to the tight end position and – just an absolute trash burning dumpster pile uh, of tight yes. ends this week. The problem well described. Here, the problem here is everyone you would like to use is too expensive and you can't afford them and you don't even really want to use them anyway. The mid-tier guys are all overpriced. There are some cheap plays you can talk yourself into. Those generally have been horrible plays the entire year and likely getting you a zero. So let's try to give some direction in this. Do you have anyone you think is worth the money? Kelsey Waller and Hunter Henry, 6K for Henry, 6,300 for Waller, 6,900 for Travis Kelsey. They're carrying some ownership, but I got to be real. I tried making some teams and your team is garbage if you try to pile them in right now. Yeah, I mean, if I'm using one, it's Waller just for the the Detroit Oakland stack. But man, I, I don't know what to do with this position this week. It's it's tough. Uh, here, let me let me try to give you some help here. So, I mentioned Christian Christian McCaffrey's ten thousand. All the Panthers receivers got the discount though, so I don't really understand what's going on with the algorithm. Ray Olson's thirty five hundred. Now it's not sexy, but you're just looking for a dude playing a lot of snaps at the tight end position that can run some routes. Maybe some things can happen. And at $3,500, I'm okay. I'm okay taking on some risk at the position. And I'd much rather take a risk on a guy who is actually out there playing nearly 100% of the snaps. And that's Greg Olson. It's against Tennessee. The matchup's not uh, amazing. It's not bad. Uh, it's sort of middle of the road here. And just just for the price play, he's sort of the guy I've keyed on in early. Just He just fits some of the, the teams I want to make. We don't have a lot of ownership on him currently. I think it probably edges up as the week progresses, depending on injuries and things like that. But this is what it's come to, Daniel. Uh, old tight ends in the middle of the season generally don't work out, but I'm, I'm not paying $6,000 for a tight end. Yeah. The, the, the only one I'm, I'm thinking is value, Chris Herndon, first game. Maybe they try to feed him a mm-hmm. lot. But you're, you're going to be finding stretch reasons to get any of these guys in. Every team that's on a bye this week has relevant tight ends. We've got George Kittle off the main slate. We've got Darren Fells off the main slate. We've got Evan Ingram and Mark Andrews. It's it's so bad. It's so bad. So I got to let me throw – I like Herndon. My question is that Ryan Griffin breakout, dude, do you think Herndon's going to go and get back to playing 100% of the snaps? Like, Are they just going to erase Ryan Griffin after that breakout yes. game? Yes, yeah, they are. I think they would too. Uh, so Herndon's interesting. I got an interesting one here. Dallas Goddard, 71-59, 66% of the snaps in the last three weeks with 17 targets. Ertz is – I don't know if Ertz is just done or like Goddard's just like good or a combination of both, but the Eagles offense is sort of running through Dallas Goddard right now. If you need a dart throw, I think you could do a lot worse than him. You've got Breit if there's no O.J. Howard, but Breit popped up on the injury report today too, so you got to kind of wait and see how that plays out. Uh, I got a nice thing from, uh, this is from Derek Brown on Twitter, dbro underscore ffb. So I stole this from him. Uh, TJ Hawkinson. Now the Lions just don't use TJ Hawkinson anymore. They don't need to because they have Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and Amendola and they're all really good at their respective jobs. But 
if they wanted to use TJ Hawkinson, in theory, here's some stat lines uh, that Derek Brown mentioned. Uh, Oakland's 29th in DVOA versus the tight end. The last four tight ends versus Oakland, Fells had two touchdowns, 58 yards. Jimmy Graham had a touchdown and 65 yards. Trey Burton, trash heap, uh, you know, old man recycle gif, all that type of stuff. Colts tight ends, both Ebron and Doyle caught a touchdown. Like, there's some thoughts. I, I, I don't know if Detroit's going to read into that and really try to shift what they do to Hawkinson, but you can dart throw on Hawkinson if you want to. It looks like, um, you know, all, all the tight ends are going off against Oakland. Hence, the over, right, Daniel? Yeah, it's – if you want to punt, that's that's a nice deep play. Here's the deepest one we've talked about yet. Tanner Hudson, Tampa Bay with, with Howard Hunter. That's not a real, not a real player. Mark. <laughs> he's 2,500. He got all this praise in the preseason. I don't like it. I'm not excited by it, but he's so cheap and it's such a bad week. I think if Brayton and Howard are both out, he's at least a little interesting. He got a target last week. We're on the, we're on the board. I mean, 2,500, <laughs> you, you give me one target for 2,500 on, on this week. I, I think you actually, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to talk about Tanner Hudson right now. I, I think I actually have a dynasty team with him somewhere hanging out there, catching zeros left and right. Um, Noah Fance 3K, kind of tough to tell what's going to happen in that passing game. It's just you're really taking some some strange shots at tight end this week. So if you try to pay up your lineup, you're not going to get Cook or McCaffrey, and I think that's probably the wrong way to go in cash games. So I'm probably just going to be rolling the dice with some random tight end. Maybe I make a couple of lineups and just switch out my tight end to sort of get some exposure across the spectrum so I don't pick the wrong tight end and feel like a dunce. Those are all things that I do sometimes in my lineup constructions. Uh, so ho- hopefully you guys can land on the right one. Janu, Delaney Walker, got to see how that plays out. Just a, a lot still up in the air. So, hey, read everything on PFF later in the week. Check out all the stuff on Roto Grinders. Good luck in your uh, mission to find yourself some tight ends this week. <laughs> uh, Daniel, it's 2 nothing Astros. Yeah. You ready to go watch the finish the game, my man? I, I will be finishing it out. All right, good luck to hopefully the cats don't keep you up all late at night after that that little cat fight earlier. That was insane. Uh, We're going to have some fun. Good luck, everybody, in week nine. Uh, The season's halfway over, and uh, it's kind of flying by, so enjoy it while we still have it. And, uh, you know, just uh, have a good time. Enjoy life, right? I was sick. I I was on my deathbed last week. I've recovered. So, you know, enjoy your life. You never know uh, what what the next day day can bring you. Uh, So with that, we're going to get out of here. Daniel. It's been fun. I'm Britt. Thanks to all three of you for watching. Hopefully a lot more listen on podcast and on YouTube. Uh, We out you.